I was always crazy passionate about sport, but I just didn't believe that I would be one of the very few people that then get to the point where they get to talk about it for a living. I know I do. I have a really bad internal monologue that just keeps telling me if there are people watching you, I assume that they're thinking bad things. And I, I know that it's not the case, but I really actively have to stop myself from always assuming the worst. You are what you believe yourself to be, which... I think is if you if you get up there and you go, I'm not ready for this, I shouldn't be here, you know, all those sort of negative thoughts, then that is how you will hold yourself and that's how it will manifest. Whereas if you are able to kind of get out there and be like, you know what, I've done my homework, I deserve to be here, there's a reason why they gave me this job, That that's if you can focus on the positive, that's mm. kind of what manifests. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfillment along the way. Welcome back, beautiful people. I feel like March went for a year and April has just gone in the blink of an eye. Hope you're all continuing to adapt to ISO and, as our last guest Harlan Coburn described, bringing your own weather to the picnic. Meanwhile, I've got another wonderful lockdown chat for you with the absolutely delightful Abby Way as part of what she affectionately refers to as downtime Abby. If you haven't already seen her work, although millions of you will have, Abby is making waves in the world of TV as a Channel 7 sports presenter for racing, cricket, AFL and the ultimately postponed Olympics, as well as host of the latest season of House Rules. Despite her booming career amidst the glossy world of the media, note, Abby is also a host of The Brownlow and no stranger to glamour, I love that her inner suburban Perth girl lives on. As always, we dive into the overnight success a lifetime in the making. She is so hardworking, appreciative and endearingly humble about how far she's come. We chat imposter syndrome, the woes of blue versus black pen, and even welcome a delivery man to the show. Isolation is such a fun time. I love how every Zoom call gives such a more authentic insight into people's day-to-day lives. And Abby shares hers openly, which I absolutely loved. Hope you enjoy. All right, Abby, thank you so, so much for joining the show today. Oh, it's such a pleasure. This is going to be fun. I know. I'm so excited. I actually saw it the other day. During Downtime Abbey, which I think is maybe the best hashtag that's come out of the whole isolation situation, (laughs) (laughs) that so many people have been asking you about everything that came before the bit that they see, which is exactly what this is about, is showing that overnight successes are always 10, 20 years in the making. (laughs) I was actually so nervous about doing that because I'd never really done a QA and a where I spoke to camera. And um, I think we'll talk about it a bit later, but I have massive imposter syndrome. So I think at the start of every question, I was like, look, I'm not an expert. Uh, I'm not like trying to qualify, you know, I know I'm giving advice, but you should really speak to a cruise counsellor. But I was really blown away. Like I got hundreds of questions because I think that I'm lucky enough to work in an industry that so many people would love to have a crack at. Mm. Um, And it is one of those things that I realise 
the privilege it is to get to do what I do, especially now I'm not doing it in isolation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I miss it so much. Um, no, but it was really cool. It was nice that, um, you know, and I think people um, learned a little bit about me, which is nice. And I think that's so, it's so common that, you know, we get to see people like you all the time watching your career. We watch you doing the thing that you love and doing your job, but it's, not as often that you get to see the person behind the story and like the stuff you do for fun and the hobbies and like the way you laugh when you're just laughing at a joke and, <laughs> and chuckling. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the bit I love to share because I'm like, I, that's the bit that's sparkly. That's where the magic is, is the Absolutely. person behind, behind the glossy surface. Yeah. Which leads me to our icebreaker question for every episode, which is pretty much just that. What is the most down-to-earth thing about you to break the glossy sheen that even if you're not, <laughs> you know, trying to put on a glossy sheen, just, you know, particularly in the media, by the nature of your work, you're showing a particular side of you. What's something that's just super normal about you? Oh, believe me, media is glossy. Like right now I've got no eyelashes on, no hair extensions, all this stuff. I'm like, oh, this is what I look like under all this. No, <laughs> I'm like, I've pulled all of this back and I'm, um, what is the... I'm a swamp creature. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, I had to put some makeup on because I was like, oh God, I know that you do your glam, so I better glam up a little. Um, oh, babe, I do my glam once a year. Like, honestly, <laughs> most of the time I'm a foot and it's really fun. <laughs> I also say foot. I love foot as a chat. Um, <laughs> I, what's normal about me except for everything? Um, I love Kmart. <gasps> Kmart and Target are my areas. I go into Kmart and I, like, actually get excitement chills because I'm about to find things that I didn't know I needed. <laughs> oh, my God, I love that so much. No one else has ever said that, but, like, Nick and I. Oh, really? Yeah, Nick and I for date night. We'll go to 24-hour Kmart. There's one in Burwood, which is like your version of like what's eastern suburb in Sydney? Like mm, some so suburban. So Bondi Junction? Yeah, we've got one nah, in Bondi Junction. Not beachy though, like more in the burbs, like kind of a like okay. Surrey Hills but further down, like not beachy, <laughs> um, like real burbs. Um, we'll go there in like randomly on Friday at midnight. We'll be like, let's just go to 24-hour Kmart and like find some stuff yes. we don't need. I love that people have acknowledged that we do need 24-hour access to Kmart as yeah. well. It's a real essential service. You know what happened the other day? At 1am if I need Tupperware, I'm in. Oh, yeah. Or if I don't know that I need Tupperware yet, I'm going to go to Kmart and figure it out. <laughs> the worst thing was, though, last week on Friday night, we were like just sitting there thinking this would be a perfect time for 24-hour Kmart, went online to do a 24-hour <laughs> online Kmart visit. There's a queue to manage what? the volume at the moment, you go into this queue where you go into this <laughs> holding page for like, I think it said, oh, you've got to wait 28 minutes, your number like 18 in the queue. I was like, what the actual fuck do you mean? Like, I need oh. Kmart right now. <laughs> I must admit, I, it's somewhere where I go to stress relief. So when I had like, when the first wave of you need to stay at home happened, I got this twitch and Ben's like, you're going to go to Kmart, aren't you? I'm like, I just need to get some things. When I clean out the bathroom, they're ready. So <laughs> I did. I like. I made sure I picked the right time, and I scurried in and bought some stuff because I'm I'm not good being idle and just having nothing to do. It's it's not great. So um, I certainly was trying to keep myself busy, and that's how I do it. <laughs> I love that. Well, yeah. Before yes. we get started, how are you? How are you finding being at home? And I think momentum really keeps a lot of us feeling like we have purpose. But then when you strip it all back, we're just kind of like, who am I? What is life? hundred percent. Yeah. Like what is my, if non-essential services stop and my job's the first thing to go, then what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> Pardon? Um, no, I know that what we do is essential and that everyone's missing sport, but I think I'd gone from being 
stupidly busy and the busiest that I'd ever been and really loving it. Um, like I was shooting cricket over summer as well as house rules, some of those being double days. So I would shoot, I would work on cricket during the day, get on a, <laughs> one of the days I got in a car from Brisbane to the Gold Coast and then shot on the Gold Coast until 1.30 or 2 in the morning. Um, yeah, and like I was so lucky that Seven were able to balance out my schedule and I was just loving it. Um, and then all of a sudden AFL was meant to be starting for me and that didn't start and where Olympics was meant to be, you know, on our doorstep now and that's not happening. So it really has made me for the first time in a good 18 months sit back and just be still which I'm not great at. I'll be the first to acknowledge. Um, so I feel I've you, babe. Days, oh, mate, I've had some days where I've been that perfect, like I got up and I did that sunrise walk and then I had a smoothie and I did a workout and, God, I'm great. And other days I'm like, okay, you just need to ignore me because my face is leaking. Um, it's involuntary, but I can't stop it and I'm just crying today. And we, I might not get out of these trackies. And, yes, my shirt has a stain on it. I've acknowledged it. I'm moving on. Yeah. And they have, they have been some of the days. So I think um, everyone's in the same boat. It's been a real yo-yo. And, thankfully, um, we're seeing massive progress and hopefully it's over soon. <laughs> I, I love that you have acknowledged the fact that it is going to be a total roller coaster. None of us are meant to have to have it together every day. And no. in really drastic departures from our routine, of course, we're all going to have shit days where our eyes are watering without there being any wind. Yeah. And I think the thing is, then you go through, you go through the guilt of being like, hang on. Yes. Um, while my work has stopped temporarily, I know that it's going to come back or I don't have anyone immediately affected by corona like I can't imagine how devastating it is to know that someone has it and to not be able to actually be there for them and yet I feel completely distraught just because I have to stay inside like then you get the guilt about that as well so I think that's um you know we're so lucky to have so many people on the front line that really aren't seeing their family so that they can help us get through this so yeah, certainly grateful. And every now and then need a big old dose of perspective and maybe a Disney film just to cry that shit out and then start again. <laughs> I also think that one of the big things I've noticed with especially friends who have weddings or something that it's so, oh, yeah. you know, it means, that, and for you as well, like getting the Olympics gig is enormous. You've been waiting your whole life for this, yeah. but you feel bad feeling distraught when it's taken away from you because you're like, oh, in the scheme of things, it's just a wedding or it's just... You know, it's not a yeah. life-threatening situation, but a quote that I f- came across the other day was telling people they can't be sad because other ha- others have it worse is like telling people they can't be happy because others have it better. Everything is Ooh, relative. Oh, I really like that. Isn't it good? That's really good. That's really good. Yeah. It oh, just, no, I love that. It made me realise we can. We it's all relative. Our experience is all just what we have in our lives and everyone's yeah. allowed to feel all the spectrum of emotions that they need to feel and not feel bad about it. And how much of an asshole would you be if you told little Johnny he couldn't be happy about his small car when someone had an actual car? It would be Such terrible. an asshole. <laughs> such an asshole. <laughs> Abs, you're an asshole, basically. You're just such an asshole. Good, good summation. Let's get into it. Yeah. <laughs> so, young asshole Abby. <laughs> Let's go yes, all the way back beautiful. to the formation Ooh. of asshole Abby. Um, the first section yep. is... <laughs> Way TA, which is pretty much taking it 
all the way back to the beginning and taking us through how you made all the decisions that ended up getting you to where you are, all the twists and turns and diversions along the way and the stuff that it's not as sexy. It doesn't necessarily make, you know, get the airtime that where you are now does. But I think that's the important bit for anyone who's aspiring to, to follow your footsteps or anyone in their life who's unsure about where they're going to end up. You know, we all take a really long time to, to figure it all out. So Yeah. And then even when we think we have it figured out, we don't. Oh, so. <laughs> nah. That's, what would life be if we all had it figured out? It would just be boring. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> so take us back to good old Woodvale in Perth. You yes. Know, young Abby growing up as a WA girl, as a tomboy. I, I love reading that the sport has been around. You know, you played cricket till you were 12. Like what were you like yeah. as a kid? I was um I was always a pretty strong-minded kid. Um, my dad told a story at my twenty-first that um, he kind of said that I was one of four, and the other kids, if you knew you were getting in trouble, you'd all go up to dad and you'd drop your head. Whereas I would always like, even as like a three or four-year-old, I'd stand tall and be like, "Bring it on, old man!" Like <laughs> I, I regret, I regret nothing, which I don't remember. But he just said, you know, I was always pretty strong-willed. But um, we had a really happy childhood. Um, playing you know, every sport under the sun in the cul-de-sac. Um, me personally, I had a bit of a rough time in primary school. I was bullied, which was tough. Oh. Um, I was a bit of a nerd. I loved reading and like had a boy's short haircut, which was an interesting life choice. <laughs> um, so just just didn't have a lot going for me before thing. Um, so I used to spend a lot of time in the library. Um, like, so I'd probably like read for half of lunch and a lot of recess because I just, I found it somewhere that I knew that I was kind of safe. Um, and then I would like get like lay into sports after school. So I just chased my poor brother around and anything he did, I kind of wanted to be involved. So, um, yeah, no, but as a whole, it was really happy. Um, you know, mum and dad afforded us every opportunity and whether that was, you know, one day you came home and you wanted to do pottery, they'd be like, oh, for love of God, okay. And then you'd get pottery classes and like all those things that you think now that I'd be like, Abby, you get one recreational activity annually and you just pick well. Whereas instead <laughs> um, they made sure that we, you know, had every opportunity, played a lot of netball, used to play four games on a weekend, which is ridiculous, um, but I just loved it. Netball was, once I got to high school, that was how I found my groove. And I went from um, Woodvale Primary to Sacred Heart in Sorrento where um, no one who went to my primary school in my year group actually went to my high school. So all of a sudden... I had kind of started hitting puberty as well and I've hit year eight and everyone's being really nice to me and I'm like, this is awesome because I just had this <laughs> clean total slate. clean slate. Uh, my sister was head girl at the time so everyone kind of knew our surname and, um, you know, she's a massive character and still is. So I just loved high school. Like I just had the best experience and um, was athletics captain, like did all that sort of stuff as a prefect as well. Like I just, if there was something involved, I was like, I will do it. What what can I do to just be involved? Um, no, but it was really it was really fun. Yes, I think I've rambled at you enough. But that oh, was no. probably primary school and high school. <laughs> this whole podcast should be called like Ramble Town. I love it. I'm oh, like all the tangents. tangents. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually I love that because I think a lot of people you know often they see people who are super outwardly confident and doing really well now and think you've had it easy your whole life like you've always been the popular kid blah 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 but I feel like a lot of people who now have a lot of resilience and confidence it's because they had times of their life where they they felt lonely or they didn't feel as accepted like we were adopted from Korea when we were young with totally white Caucasian Australian parents but at school you know same people were like what 
they, they would bully us because we were different. It was like, why are your eyes small? Why don't your parents look like you? Like there's so much in your childhood that you forget is actually really formative later on. Yeah. And I think too, you would be the first person that would jump in if you saw someone who maybe looked a bit uncomfortable or was being bullied. Um, not bullied, but you know when you have to, I think, have experienced it in some way to know what that feeling is like. Yeah. When you feel, and I, yeah, which hopefully um, I think has helped form part of my personality where if I think someone's being there we go. It's probably delivery. Hang on. I would do that. <laughs> we'll no, 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 no. Go take it, babe. If you've been online shopping hey. up a storm, you need to go get that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Bust him in. <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. Aww, well, there we are. Anyway, and we're back. That's when you're cutting it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. good. Good chat. Otherwise, the poor bugger would have been there buzzing. Oh, God. No, I love that. I love that. I feel like, you know, the more just random shit we throw into these episodes, the better. People love it. They're like, oh, everyone has weird random stuff that interrupts their calls. That's fine. (laughs) Me and my my dog is wailing in the other room because he's like, there was someone in the house and I didn't know. I can't hear him. No, it's, I, I, God love him, but he's not your... He's not your golden retriever that lays on the bed. He would, like, be knocking <laughs> shit everywhere. So we've had enough interruptions. <laughs> oh, well, where yeah. was I? Uh, okay, so when you were, you know, back at that time when you started to sort of think about what you might want to be when you grew up, was it always journalism, TV, broadcasting and media? Like, was that your first love? Uh, n- not at all. I am um, When I was... Primary school, Abby wanted to be an author, I think, because I always loved books, obviously. And then when I got to high school, I wanted to be a lawyer. And I think that was only because my, my strongest subjects were um, drama, English lit, history, also t- um, did the basic math and science, but that just sort of equated to law. And when you said you, you wanted to study law, people went, oh. And I was like, well, I like, I like that face. Whatever that is, that I'm going to be impressive or successful in later life, I will take that. So, and I was getting the grades that meant um, I could have gotten to law. So um, that was the path for me. And then I don't know if your school did it, but in year 12, we went and were able to do open days at the university and to find out about all the different courses. And I went in and checked out law at UWA, which is our most prestigious university in WA. <laughs> and the guy, the guy was talking about that they mooted for fun, yeah. which was writing essays that challenge each other's ideas or something along those lines. And I was like, <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go. <laughs> I, I was like, that sounds terrible. Like that does not sound like my idea of a good time. And I think um, <laughs> very, very late. I was like, well, who wants to write essays that challenge each other as a, as a hoot? Like this is not me. Mate, um, I have a so mooting I- trophy in the other room. Oh, you do not. You're a mooter. <laughs> I know. It's like one of my best kept secrets. <laughs> so hang on. You, you went to the same open day. They spoke to you about mooting and you were like, I am there. I am ready. I think also my attention span was so short that I didn't even hear it. I was just like, oh, yeah, oh, mm, yeah, okay, that one. Like, <laughs> I obviously wasn't listening. <laughs> but attention spans really good indications of future life as a lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I lasted, what, like three years and I was like, bye. <laughs> yeah, still so good that you went through it because I, I hear that studying is just, it's hectic. Um, but anyway, so I kind of left that and went, so law's not for me, now what? And my career advisor said, you've got a deep voice, how about journalism? Was how that chat went. Yeah, and I was like, oh, um, thanks. Uh, <laughs> thanks? And, and then I, thanks? Isn't yeah, that deep? Yes, I think. Um, so I, I had a bit of a look around and so I ended up studying 
uh, journal at Curtin on an academic scholarship, which was great um, because my grades were over a certain point. I then had to maintain either a distinction or high distinction average across all of my subjects um, while at uni, which <laughs> meant that I wasn't the wildest 18 or 19 year old you ever met. But I'm really glad that I studied journal. Like it's a wonderful base degree to give you like a bit of a stepping board into whatever you wanted to do. Yeah, totally. I I actually didn't know that it wasn't something you'd always wanted to do. And I I love hearing as well that, you know, often people think you need to have decided something when you're five and then end up in that job, you know, like so much later, but you can come into it just even, you know, the day that you go to the uni open day, you can decide that you want to change your mind. And even later you could change your mind. Like, I love that. I was always crazy passionate about sport. But I just didn't believe that I would be one of the very few people that then get to the point where they get to talk about it for a living. Like I just thought that was so far-fetched for someone to chase, particularly someone who lives in Perth, um, and that I didn't really have any connections with people in TV. I just thought it's... It's so it's so unlikely. Let's not. And let's just aim closer. Like let's it's pretty cool to think that it all fell that way. But I think sometimes, you know, it was one of those things where you're like, well, yeah, of course if I if I have the skills to write and talk, then I should write and talk about things that I love and I love sports. So why why wouldn't that be the case? Whereas yeah. at the time I was like, nah, that'll never happen. Um. <laughs> but you also forget that all those dream jobs I think that we look out there and see, it's like someone has to do it. Like someone yeah. actually has to get that job. So it's it's possible. Why couldn't it be you? Like why shouldn't it yeah. be you? And obviously it has become you. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> what was it's your wild. your pathway from there? So you did a um, an undergrad at, as a BA in arts, specialising in journalism, and then went to Edith Cowan to do postgrad. Do you have to yeah. do that to go into journalism? Um, oh, my God, I love your dog. So <laughs> Sorry. He's Sorry. Back. I'm just so easily distracted. He's like, and I just opened the door myself. He just like, did that by himself. <laughs> No, I'm such a dog person. I'm here for it. So I, um, after finishing my undergrad, I had pretty much hammered myself. Um, And I actually found um, being at uni a little bit tough because I went from high school where I received a lot of validation. It was like, you know, Mm. here's your badge for being this person. And I had, you know, my set group of mates that you'd see every day to kind of going to uni. And I felt like I lost myself a little bit. Um, And because I was going so hard on the study front, I perhaps wasn't socialising or put as much effort into maintaining those relationships I had from high school as I should have. Mm. So I just I just found I was a bit sapped after the three years I kind of came out and went, right, I just need to do stuff that makes me happy and is fun. So I, I got a job at Nova working on reception. I saw um, that. That's and awesome. It was just, yeah, and it was so funny because I did an interview this week and they were like, it's Nathan, that and Sean in Perth. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I just couldn't stop laughing because they were obviously the on-air talent when I was on reception. And now they're like, the house rules host, Abby Jelfi. And Nathan's like, God, you've had a few years. <laughs> I was like, hello. <laughs> I'm so, back. <laughs> well, they used to remember me, like, you know, getting their coffee orders and everything else. So um, it was really nice to have a chat to them. But I think um, I really enjoyed my time at Nova and it's also a tip that I give anyone who wants to if you dream about being on air at a radio station get the most entry-level job that you can and just Mm. take it because you actually learn you know what the sales team do and how they interact with the on-air team and what promotions do to make that product work and what they're looking for so Oh, I just had a lot of fun. And then a friend of mine, Drew Jones, actually got a scholarship. He studied at, at ECU and got the internship at Fox Sports. And I messaged him and I said, you prick, you've got my job. <laughs> and, and he, he replied and said, mate, they're taking applications for, you know, the course next year. You should do it. 
And I went, oh God, like studying again, am I really going to do it? And then once I went and sat down with Joe and the team at ECU, I was like, oh, so this is exactly what I need to do. Um, and I was lucky to get into the course because I think there's only about 25 of us that get in um, for each year. And it was full on. So you do a semester in radio and a semester in TV. And these are like, your assignments are like you're an actual journal. You do placements every second week. And the, the prestige of the course means that you get a lot of work experience and opportunity. And I'm so thankful for it because the amount of work experience I managed to hammer out in that 12 months was crazy. Mm. Um, and that included getting to fly to Melbourne and do a placement with Channel 7 Sport, of which two of the EPs that I now work under, that's when I first met them, which is crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I remember, like, they kind of said to me, how quickly can you get good? And I was like, I'll try. I'll really try. And, and now we kind of laugh about it. Um, and then I also did the internship at Fox Sports. And I just had never really been to Sydney, had never really even thought about um, living in Sydney. But I just thought this is a big opportunity for me. And I'm so glad I took it. But that certainly wasn't like. And then the dream job happened yeah. and it all just fell into flight. <laughs> I didn't skip off into the sunset after that, but that was how I kind of got my first crack at it. And I, I think that is how, you know, anyone who I've ever spoken to in media, firstly, there's no straight line way to get in. No. Like everyone has gone one million different directions. And the other thing that seems to be really shared and like, you know, that everyone has in common is that they started with a job like at Nova, like a reception job or a coffee person job, just to start making the contacts or even getting the exposure to meet people who can tell you about courses that can help you get there. Like you can form your own pathway, no matter what it looks like, just be willing to go with whatever the next step is to get you one inch closer. Like you didn't wake up at channel seven. No, but also find out if it's what you want to do. Like so many people say to me, like I would love to do I'd love to be on air and I'm like that's great it really is great but on air is such a massive bracket like you need to find what you're passionate about and there are parts of it you know the years and the lead up where you're not on great money and you're not doing a job that you'd ideally like to do and you sometimes have to do that for years but if you aren't passionate about what the end game is if it's just about being on air you're not going to stick it out because it's parts of it suck. So mm. um, ha- like actually knowing what that end goal is, not because you think it's going to be glamorous, is pretty important as well. Yeah, I think um, even just from doing like a few little, you know, roles here and there, you can see how much the glamour side of it is like 10%. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, this is gritty. Mm, yeah. Okay, I see. Like, <laughs> it, It's also like it, it is gritty, but it's something like Big Bash. I always watched and thought, God, that would be the fuck best like that would be the best job in the world and now I'm doing it and I'm like huh, it is the best job in the world Who knew? Like, <laughs> it, like it genuinely is like every now and then it's usually blokes that are like so you get paid to go to big bash and talk to people and I'm like yep because <laughs> it is it's like it really is that good so I think sometimes the nose align and it is that good it's great but there are other parts of lead up jobs that you know, you're waking up like I had two and a half years where the job started at 4am so oh, my man. alarm was at 323 because I we'd got it down to like the minute that I had to leave um, and that was that was to get to work to do the Twitter so we would sit there and tweet out the results for the Fox Sports Twitter and make the full frame graphics that went on air that was as close as I got to going on air I'd be like that's my goal full frame yeah. that's my goal result. <laughs> I chose that font <laughs> yeah that was us <laughs> and then it's one of those jobs that if you do it well it's like congratulations you can copy and paste but if you do it poorly it's like who's fucked up the goal full frame? Like, what did I do? Like, did I misspell Woods? Like, where am I? Um, so, but it was great because it, it really honed your attention to detail and because you were doing 
you know, the results for every sport. Like you learnt about golf and all those different terminologies and different things so that when I eventually was reading the news, I had been across the people and the names and the faces of most sports mm. for a, a couple of years as opposed to just being plonked there mm. because I had a deep voice yeah. and not talking about <laughs> and, and talking about things that I had no idea about. Like you had a, a ground swell of knowledge, which was really helpful. So in, in hindsight, it's great to be like, oh, yeah, that was a really helpful time in my life. Whereas at the time I was like, mom, I need 50 bucks. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love you. Please, please buy me some money. Thank you. I truly believe, though, that if like none of us are meant to just plonk into the thing that we've dreamed about straight away because we wouldn't be old enough. We wouldn't have enough experience. We wouldn't have any of the tools that we need. Like you have to go through that messy, uncertain bit where you're just taking small steps every day to get closer to the thing. Because if I had, you know, if I tried to do what I'm doing now 10 years ago, I just would have been too young. I wouldn't have known anything that I know now that helps me in that job. And same with you. You wouldn't have, if you, you know, auditioned for any of the roles you have now, you might not have felt as confident that you did know the right terminology or that you could hold your own in front of a camera. And I love that it it does take lots of baby steps to get there. Yeah. So when did the big transition to Channel 7 happen? Um, so I had been working, I've been reading the news at Fox for a while and I'd started doing um, a little bits and pieces of racing, um, which I really enjoy. So that was with the ATC and my now boss still at Seven Horse Racing, who's a legend, was kind of saying, you know, how much of Seven Racing can you do while still being at Fox, which was under the Sky Umbrella? And understandably, they are competitors. Um, it didn't go down very well. So <laughs> I, <laughs> like, as in you can't just work with Pepsi and ask if you can just dip your feet in a Coke. Um, so I had to make the call about which one I sort of saw more of a future out. So I ended up leaving Fox where I was really thankful for the time and experience. And if you want to get hours under your belt, being live for seven hours a day, to, like doing several interviews every day, it, there's nothing quite like it in terms of just getting yourself used to talking to camera. So I really enjoyed that experience. And then, yeah, so I left Fox and then was planning on doing bits of horse racing and got a phone call from the EP at Seven Cricket, who I didn't know was the EP at Seven Cricket at the time. He said, hey, mate, we just got cricket. From memory, you're a bit of a nuffy, aren't you? And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I just, <laughs> and it was, it was such a sliding doors moment because if I hadn't, had the gumption to kind of leave Fox, which was a good stable wage to jump into freelance world, then I wouldn't have been available to have that conversation with him openly and just go, oh, I'm here. Like, you just let me know what I need to do. So it was great. And it was, and from there, um, cricket started. So it was really that, it it was a weird sliding doors moment where Mm. I kind of left without knowing what I was going to fall into. And within within a week, he called me and said, hey, mate, we've got the cricket. What are you? And I was like, holy shit. Like I was just, you couldn't wipe the smile off my face. And I, I still hadn't locked anything in, but I just went, oh, so this is why I had to leave because this was yes. coming. Or this yeah. is why I had to feel like, you know, those growing pains where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm ready to do something else because yeah. this is what was coming and I just didn't know it. Oh. And it sounds very, the universe will provide, which I'm not very much as a person but in that moment it really was no I think that's absolutely how it works like yeah sometimes you have to close one door in order for another to be able to open but if you're not willing to close that first door there's no room for those other opportunities to find you so yeah you've got to yeah. take that leap to go there is something b- bigger and better out there I don't have certainty about what it is but I'm willing to risk it because <laughs> look what happens when you do I know I know. And it's, and it's been um, two seasons down. It's just, it's so much fun. I really enjoy it. But even then, 
you know, that's that's work for me for a couple of like, you know, over summer and then I'll have, you know, horse racing which was over autumn and spring, but there was a big gap there for winter, which mm-hmm. thankfully is now AFL, which I'm really pumped about. But it's still it still takes a bit of courage and in the TV landscape at the moment because they are jobs that are the same as going freelance or being an MC or working in beauty or doing all those different things. Like the jobs will come and then they'll go and there's a insecurity that comes with not having that full-time mm. whack job that's nine to five. Whack job. Yeah, well done, Abby. I speak for a living. Um, <laughs> Live <laughs> <seriously>. as well. <laughs> uh, it's just remarkable. I make up words as well, which I'm like, this is just this silly. This is great. Anyway, so... There, there is there is still that bit where, um, you know, something like corona comes through and all of a sudden, like, you don't have that consistency of a nine-to-five workplace where you're still going into your home office every day that, mm. you know, you miss that structure of it all. But I wouldn't change anything. I bloody love it. I love reading. And this is one of the reasons why you stood out to me so much is when you do post, you know, things of you at work or at the Big Bash, you always write, I can't believe I get to do this for work. And it shines through yeah. so much how much you're just like, what am I doing here? This is the best <laughs> thing in the whole entire world. But that's kind of the energy and infectious passion and excitement that has led to you going from like racing to cricket to AFL to Olympics whenever they happen and now and now to moving into a primetime show like this is just yeah you've exploded what is that like (laughs) it's it's a bit I'm so thankful because I know that a lot of other people you know it doesn't happen where they get to a network and then all like I remember my first on-air job at seven after leaving Fox was actually the Brownlow. And um, I was like, oh, okay, you want me to do little bits in the red carpet? That's lovely. And they're like, oh, no, it'll be, it'll be you and Hamish, um, <laughs> you know, McLaughlin. Like, ho- ho- and I was like, are you kidding? Like, so all of a sudden you're hosting this red carpet, like the red carpet, which I always grew up watching and, like, you know, used to get together with mum and a wine and watch and, yeah. you know, oh, I like her dress and all <laughs> that sort of stuff. That's a three out of ten. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, oh, my gosh. I'm always big on I'm like, these are wives and girlfriends having a crack. Like, they all look lovely yeah. to mine. Like, you just have to be. It's so um, much fun. I, I love watching the red carpet. <laughs> oh, but I, 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 I knew that it was a big broadcast. I had no idea until I woke up the next day and every person I'd ever met in my life had texted me being like, holy shit, when did you go to seven? And I was like, oh, because you know, <laughs> a million people watch. Like, so many people watch the broadcast. And I know um, not everyone gets to swan in and have their first job be hosting next to someone like Hank. So I really appreciated and I still really appreciate every opportunity they'd given me. But um yeah, it, it is a bit wild. House rules is one of those things that I it's just it's a bit crazy and I'm loving it and it's so nice to do something different. But I it's it's still a bit surreal. Like yeah. I don't and I don't understand how we got to this point. Like I keep <laughs> like oh, someone I had an interview and someone was like, so how do you think you know you got here? I'm like, if you had told me a year ago I'd be co-hosting with Jamie Jury, I would love to know what I would have told you must have happened to that point. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just wouldn't. I would have been like, um, so that's interesting. Um, no, so I was working on, was an ambassador for race day in Brisbane and Jamie was there as an ambassador as well. And we got on like a house on fire. Like we were just, um, you know, having a bit of a laugh. And he kind of said to me, so you're already at seven. Would you be interested in doing reality TV? And I went, oh, yeah. I mean, if you can get that across the line, I'd love to. <laughs> I'll do anything. Like, I would also like to fly to the moon. So call me when that happens and I'll see you later. <laughs> um, so then I, like, honestly, and that was winter and then it got around to spring and um, I was actually working at another race day and I got, a, like, a random number popped up on my phone and I was like, oh, a better answer because I was working with another brand that day and I was like, oh, it might be there, you know, someone on their team. So I picked up, I was like, hi, Abby, it's Jamie Drew here. And I'm like, 
corn oh. and punk. This would, this would be good. Yeah. Like, ben. Sure. Ben. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm like, uh, not, not the time to fuck with me, sweetie. Yeah. Um, but I was like, uh, pardon? And he was like, well, if you're still remotely interested in doing something, I, like, I, you know, we're up to the final stages. Like, I think that this would be something you'd be great at. And I was like, holy smoke. So in the meantime, um, the execs at seven had spoken to my other bosses in sport and got bits of tape and sort of had a look while well, I was all none the wiser. Yeah, I was going to say, you were like, you I, what? I was just, I was pardoned. Um, so it all, the nice thing is I, I was really big on, I'm like, okay, so if I am going to do this, I, I'm not a renovation expert. I don't pretend to be, but I am someone who's worked in a lot of sport. And if it's about competition and just having fun with it, like I'm so there. Um, and it has been one of the most like wonderful experiences like the the teams are gorgeous like I absolutely adore them and I can't wait for this to be over um so that we can all have a wine together but it was like a whole nother learning experience all over again like just a different and also um for someone who already has a little bit of imposter syndrome Mm. it's been a bit wild to have something you film so far in advance now go to air whereas I'm used to doing everything live Mm. and you know some people are like who is this chick and why is she there? And that's the PG-13 of some of the comments. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you're like, oh, hello, Sandy. Thank you for your feedback. Um, didn't need to wake Bye. up to that. Thank you for your time. So that, like, while a lot of it's been really, really largely positive, um, there's certainly a level of scrutiny that I think is reserved for the reality TV space. Mm. Um, and I'm, you know, I've had experience in it because I am in the media, whereas I think about contestants and I just hope that we live in a world where people are kind enough to realise that people are having a crack. You're not seeing the whole experience of their day. You're quite often just seeing the dilemmas that they might have had with another contestant. So just being kind, I think, particularly we're all going through different things at the moment, but that's probably my one thing is that that's been a big learning curve for me is just, and particularly, you know, seeing some of the contestants, you know, getting feedback that isn't too kind from Joe Public and you just want to go like, leave them alone. They're nice people. Yeah. yeah. But it, it has been really fun. It's been good. Oh, God, man. I ramble. Sorry. No. Oh, babe, you literally are the, <laughs> not the biggest rambler that we've had on the show. Don't worry. I'm a huge rambler. And I love it when people ramble. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I had to sneak her in there. Oh, my God. Her. She's such a legend. We could have talked for like five hours. She's my long distance best friend. She doesn't know that. Like, I feel like every- she knows it, babe. She knows it. No, we we, <laughs> we we both had the same job at a Maya Beauty event where she was emceeing the events in Melbourne and I was emceeing <gasps> the jobs in um, Sydney. And we were sat together at this thing and the, and our, our girlfriend Jackie who was working at Maya was like, by the way, you guys are like the same person, but one of you lives in Sydney, one of you works in Melbourne, so just work it out. And by the end of it, I was like, I might be in love with you. What, we're what we're best friends. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. what comes I next? Love it. How do we make this what official? Now? <laughs> <laughs> no, she's such a gem and I loved her chat with you as well. Well, she's just a gem. Oh, we had so much fun. But I think, like, I love to let people talk. If they've got stuff to say, it's like this is – it's so interesting. People never get to hear from you Yeah, yeah. The behind the scenes of how it all happened. And it's fascinating to know, you know, for you as well, that, like, I think people can be kinder when they know it's it's actually a huge step out of your comfort zone. I think people who aren't in broadcasting take for granted that once you're on TV, you can do anything on TV. Yeah. They don't actually ever have to think about the difference between live – and sport being one whole topic and then reality TV being like a totally different skill set that is filmed in a different way with different production. Like you've taken a huge step away from anything you've been trained for, which is enormous. Like it's so exciting. Yeah. I think too, just just because people have any sort of public profile, not saying that I really do, but like, or they might put themselves out there on social media or whatever. It doesn't mean that 
they are like, I think I'm the greatest and I'm so shiny and nothing can take me on. Yeah, for sure. Like everyone's still human and still has, you know, their ups and downs and their moments as well, which Mm. I think is really important to remember because we live in this shiny Instagram world and that's where I've tried as much as I can that when I am having a shit day just to be like, "Mm, didn't have the best day today, just Mm. so that people go, oh, okay, so again, not that it's... Yeah, but also everybody's normal. Like, you know, it doesn't just... If you just share the shiny stuff, you're not helping other people who have actually had a shit day themselves, whereas you could have cried for hypothetically 60% of it <laughs> gone <Yeah>. for a, <laughs> but, but, I mean, but then gone for a walk for one part and done a workout for one part and if you only really reflect that then you're not really doing yourself or anyone any service totally so it is nice that you can kind of connect in some way and try to be as real as what you possibly can which is what we're all trying to do I think yeah, um absolutely. but it's like yeah, it's just a different world, isn't it? I think that's why I love this platform so much is because you do get to give people the chance to say all the stuff that maybe people don't listen to in another platform or they don't get to hear, you know, all the stuff that happens behind the scenes. And I, I love using social media for that, for that you know, purpose as well, like all the bloopers. Whenever oh, I, all I fucking the, love your bloopers. I, I love them so much because I'm like, I feel bad not reminding people that they <laughs> yeah. happen every time I take every time I take a photo, like every single time. <laughs> I love that every time you open your reverse camera and you're like, cool, I look like a thumb. I'm a thumb. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm always the thumb. <laughs> you're like, hmm, cheers, that's probably not going to make it out there. Awesome. <laughs> but I think, like, as soon as you start sharing those moments, I think that's when people, like, you know, you might lose some some people and that's fine like you if they want to go they can go but it's nice when you can be as real as what you possibly can and I actually swear a lot I'm a huge swearer and trying to cut that down for tv is terrible so (laughs) (laughs) especially live oh oh especially with sport because I'm like fuck come on and then I'm like yeah So I, um, oh my I'm, god! I'm yet to have a moment yet, but it's definitely going to come. It'll happen. Oh, you've done a great job. So Nick won't go to <laughs> footy with me. But like our family is such that I've been on the MCC member list since before I had a name. It was like baby all the way. <laughs> and I get so aggressive that Nick won't go with me because he's like, "You're actually an embarrassment. I actually can't take it." Like you, I stand up on chairs and stuff. Like, I'm so Amazing. not aggressive except sport. <laughs> I'm like fucking. And I go for Melbourne, so it's been a challenging decade. Oh, um, do you also like skiing? No, actually. And I didn't go to a private school, so I'm like exception to the rule. But I do pay my membership Mel- every Melbourne year. Have had, Melbourne have had a bit of a rough trot. I have, yeah. a, I have a very good mate that's a D supporter and the roller coaster he goes on is great comic value for us. But God, it's, a journey for it's an emotional, it's a really emotional time. Yeah. Um, we don't talk about it in, in this household because it's, it's too heated. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I also think how great that you can go to a game and sit next to someone. And this is any sport. And this is why I love it because you go there with your colours and all of a sudden you are part of a group. Oh, and yeah. you can be in the minority or the majority or whatever it is, but you go and all of a sudden you are there with the same cause. And, you know, so much of journalism can be pretty nasty and it can be things that you're, you know, having to, you know, all that sort of gossip column stuff where you're digging into people's lives. And mm. some people do it really well and other people, um, you know, don't really have regard for people's lives or their families or different things whereas with sport you know while there might be a winner and a loser they shake hands at the end of the day and it's something that is an escape for so many people Mm. which is why I think that being in isolation without it everyone's like what to do oh my god what to do with that you get to a weekend and you're like what even marks the weekend if there is no sport (laughs) like what tells me it's Friday if there's no Friday night like what am I doing I know 
So speaking of what you just mentioned about kind of the boundaries and the privacy and like, and even the mental health challenges that we're all facing, not being able to do the, the things that we normally do as our outlets, what have been your biggest challenges along the way? This section's called an ATA and it's, you know, pretty much going through the self-doubt when you first do something you've never done before, go on camera, especially when you're putting yourself out there. Haters, uncertainty, burnout, just working to sort of, you know, two different shows at the same time yeah. and, and finding yourself a little bit more in the public eye all of a sudden just because you're doing a job that you love. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I'm pretty lucky. Like I still have relative anonymity. Like I'm not someone that like I see athletes that are like, yeah, I can't go and put fuel in my car so I get someone else to do it for me. I'm like, I go and get fuel in my car and then say hi to the servo guy because I'm happy to have a chat. <laughs> like I don't know. That, <laughs> yeah. don't know. Hi, I'm like, Abby. Hi, nice, nice to, to meet, meet you. you. Um, no, so I, um, <laughs> I guess the biggest challenge for me is um, particularly, dare I say it, being a girl and working in sport is just the, yeah. the wanting to prove yourself across you know all the different facets that you you are deserving of being there and um that's something that you know it, it's an undercurrent and it is definitely more of an undercurrent than something that's um prominent but it is just because I'm a girl you know they haven't just plonked me here like I do know about sport yeah and that's something that I like you're not a token hire because they need women no yeah no, and a, a girlfriend of mine, um, Georgie Tunney, actually went and did this amazing um, course with ABC in the States and there were all these women from all different countries that was female sports journos and they got together and they said, what's the one common question you all get asked? And it was, do you even like sport? <sighs> and, and you just kind of go, cool, like... Why would well, I do you, this? I'm not sure, like, well, I'm not sure you'd ask, like, uh, yes, yes, I like sport or like yeah yeah that's that's why I'm here hello but in saying that like and I've said it a hundred times I've had a really wonderful experience I've never felt marginalized because Mm -hmm. I am a girl you know your colleagues if you work hard and you rock up and you know your stuff they've been really respectful of me um and again it's been my male bosses that have given me all of these opportunities so um I'm really really thankful for that but there is even if it's just in your own head that you think that people must be questioning your knowledge. Yeah. And I have a really, I know I do, I have a really bad internal monologue that just keeps telling me it's like if there are people watching you, I assume that they're thinking bad things. Yeah. And I, I know that it's not the case and I know that a lot of people um, have the same sort of dialogue that goes on for them, but I really actively have to stop myself from always assuming the worst, yeah. which sounds, sounds a lot more bleak than what it, what it is. No, not at all. Um, I think that's part of imposter syndrome is that internal dialogue that's going, oh, my God, they must be thinking bad things about you. Oh, my God, you're, you're shit. You're not worthy. Like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That, is, that is how that manifests for a lot of people is that, in, yeah. that inner critic that's just unrelentless. Yeah. Like, and I think that we just need to be, you know, I have. Relentless, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I made up a word. Unrelenting and <laughs> relentless. Yeah. Unrelenting. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. We studied. We know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, we know words. Uh, <laughs> words are what we do. Um, no, so I think um, just surrounding yourself with, like, my girlfriends are awesome um, and they're mates that I've had for, you know, more than 10 years and they're both based out of Perth and yeah, my two friends. I have lots of mates, but these are, like, <laughs> my two people that I go to. <laughs> these are, like, my two inner inner people that I go to when I, I need um, someone just to kind of pull my head back in and be like, mate, you're fine. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. I am fine. Mm. Um, but I think having those people to go to um, are really important and just um, finding different ways to deal with it that are positive yeah, um, rather than sure. beating yourself up. Otherwise, it's it's a long 
Otherwise, I've chosen a very interesting career path. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if that's how you feel when you think people are watching you, it's not great. Yeah, um, you don't necessarily want to be on TV with millions of people watching you. Like it's <laughs> no. But, um, but in saying that, like, I think it's obviously um, a lot louder when you're starting a job. And I think a lot of people would find this, like when you're starting a job for your first time, then you, you feel really anxious about it at, at the beginning. Mm. And, I, and I am able to feel anxious and then because the camera starts rolling, you can just be as sh- like, you can just be like, okay, so this is my, and you just operate and then you'll finish it and I'll find that I'm shaking <laughs> and yeah. I'll be like, oh, okay, that's, that's happening. And I've been doing this for, you know, five years, but I'm still like, and it's, it's kind of good because it lets you know you're alive. Like I think that yes. adrenaline hit you get before doing something, you're like, oh, okay, this is, but even like I'll do the um, ground announcing at the Big Bash. So when they, um, only when, um, you know, they've, they've had the final and the winners are announced and they're up to get the medallions. Like I'll read the sheet of all the players' names uh, yeah, and yeah. do the interviews up there. So quite often that's, you know, an audience, a physical audience of 50,000 or whatever, and then you've got the, t- the TV audience as well. Just a few people. And just a few people. And I'll be holding the lectern because if I don't, I quiver and my leg shakes. Like, oh, like babe. I always think, you, um, you know, um, you know Jennifer Anderson when she's like, "I do have the steady hand." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm fine. I, I've got this. I'm fine. And yet, one of, once I'm up there, I'm completely fine. And I like, and I really actually enjoy doing that part. But it's like I can physically show nerves sometimes. Um, but it's good I fun. Always, and like, I, I always think that self-doubt is like one of those things that if it ever did completely go away, I'd worry that I didn't care enough about the outcome. Like it's a, yeah, it's actually sure. a, if you can get past it and not kind of melt down because of it, the fact that it's there is actually a good sign that you're doing something exciting, like worthy enough to yeah. elicit that response from you. And also it, if it is at the point where it's not debilitating, but it is that it, it I think you're right. Like it's, it's also human, like, and mm. letting yourself be human as well. Like not everyone swans around thinking that they're awesome. And if they mm. do power to you, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Yeah. Um, but you're probably but doing it wrong. Like you're probably complacent yeah. <laughs> about the way that you're doing it, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think it means like, for me, it's wanting to do a job. Like I love the people that I work with so much. And, you know, when, when you're working next to someone like Ricky Ponting, you're like, <laughs> oh. okay. Um, so, hey, man. Hey, you've had yeah, a good career. Yeah. Um, nice to meet you. Know you know what? We, we have achieved equal things. This yeah. <laughs> equal footing. We are an equal footing. <laughs> people have turned on the cricket and I make just as much sense as you do, my friend. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that's the thing is that when you're working with people that, you know, you've grown up watching your whole life or you respect so much, you just want to do a really good job to honour them or even mm. the number of people that you know are in the production truck putting it to air that mm. don't get to be that final cog, whereas I get to be the final cog that goes to air, whereas they are all the bits that actually make this thing work <laughs> and you just want to do <laughs> and you want to do a good job to reflect well on them because the production reflects them as well. So yeah. that's probably the bit as well. But that's, that's all talking about, you know, it's a very, very minor negative part of how it all is, but the vast majority is literally doing a job that I love every day, yeah. um, getting, getting to travel around Australia, like spending half my time on planes, um, which can be challenging. Um, you spend a lot of time in airports and all that sort of stuff, but I'm just so grateful I get to do it. Mm. Do you find that because you love it so much and I think it's almost the more you love your job, the more you're prone to this, that you just give 
everything to it, like to the point where you burn out because you have no incentive to rest because you love it so much. Like I think all of us at the moment have so much connection at our fingertips that it's so hard already, even if you don't have a job that's outward facing, it's already so hard to put your phone down, disconnect and like get some distance. But when you're on TV, you're watching yourself, you have to be on social media to keep you know, momentum going? Like, how do you deal with that constant pressure to just be on? Great question. Um, And I think realising that, you know, some people get to go to work and if they have a flat day, they can go in, kind of like sit there and be like, oh, I'm just having a shit day. I'll have a coffee and I'll warm up by midday. With what I do, you kind of can't be flat. Like, or you can't have a, you can't, you can't have a day where like, you know, I'm someone that if, Again, I don't cry as often as I'm making out like I do. But if I do, <laughs> if I do have it, like I, I, I bore my eyes out at sad movies, like, like, like I've personally gone through the journey. Like I sob, and yeah. I'll wake up the next day, and my eyes will be so puffy, and I shouldn't do it to myself. But my eyes don't recover after a cry; it's not good. Babe, and I'll... I only have one eyelid. Can you imagine? <laughs> like I'm like a Pikachu with my puff. <laughs> a Pikachu is very strong. Um, so I'll, and then I'll wake up the next day and be like, fuck, I've got this shoot. And it might be a photo shoot or something that you're like, oh, the photo, like these photos are going to be around forever. And I just wish I could just go, like, <laughs> I just wish I could go, guys, can I just, oh, I'm like, I'm just not having a good, like, is there any chance? And it just doesn't. Just airbrush it, it me. Just, it just doesn't work that way. And I know, I mean, if you've ever heard of a first world problem, it's crying at a movie, waking up and having a photo shoot. Like, really. <laughs> no. Um, Jesus. And then um, I had to host the brown though and it was really And then hard. it was just <laughs> terrible. Oh, my God. a nice dress. No, but I guess that's, like, even if you are having a flat day or you've, you know, we all have little dramas in our life and whether that's, um, you know, there might be things going on that are undercurrents in your life that people don't know about, yeah. um, which everyone has, um, that every now and then you'll have a rough day and you still need to be very shiny. And yeah. I think that is taxing, which I, you know, I try to be as authentic as what I can. And a lot of the time I am up and about, but sometimes like humans, you're not, yeah. and you still need to turn that on. And I think that with how much things had really been snowball, which was great, but things were just really getting momentum for me over you know, between the wedding and house rules and cricket and Christmas and, you know, all that sort of stuff, I just kind of got myself to a point where if I wasn't on the go, I felt anxious about the fact that I wasn't moving or doing things, which now having to literally sit in that, I can feel the anxiety, like I'll get twitchy and I'll have to go for a walk or I'll have to go and reorganise the entire house because I need to feel like I'm doing something. So (laughs) House um, rules at Abby's house. I know. Oh, God, in our one bit after love. Um, <laughs> that's probably been the thing is learning to sit in your own company as well. And mm. that's probably been the biggest challenge because you do get used to moving and everything being pretty high pace. So when that all stops like this, just getting comfortable with that as well. And that's the, the perfect segue into the last section, which is play TA. And that's really focusing on that, that exact point that so much of our life is momentum and speed and pace, which is faster and faster every year. And there's, it's almost like we've lost time and prioritization of having any kind of identity outside of work and being productive and being busy. But 
I, I, you know, every now and then I have to sit down and remind myself, yes, this is wonderful. Yes, I love what I do. So it's, it's okay to be yeah. busy all the time, but you're not just meant to work and die. Like that's just not the point, <laughs> you know, like that is just not the point of this whole experience. <laughs> even if you love yeah. your work, even yeah. if it's great and you, and you feel like you enjoy your job and it doesn't feel like work, there has to be some part of you that's cultivated as joyful and yeah. f- for fun. And the way I identify these, the activities I need to make time for is the ones that make me forget what time it is. Yep. If I forget where I am or what responsibilities are, I'm doing a good thing for my brain and my body and my anxiety. And what are those for you? Like when you're making time for not Abby at work, not Abby a wife, not Abby a sports person, like what are the, your activities that you do just for your joy to play and bring out your inner child again? Firstly, I think that everybody needs to just record that paragraph and just hear it again and again, like what you just said, <laughs> because I like have been making sure I keep in touch with girlfriends um, during isolation and just making calls to them. And a lot of them are in the same boat as me where they go, well, if I'm not working and I'm not doing all the things like all the things I do for recreation, which are non-essential businesses I've discovered. I go to bars, I go to cafes, <laughs> I like taking a gym class and that's about it. Like what, when all of that's gone, what, am I, what do I do? Like what am I doing? What do I do for myself? Yeah. Which I haven't, to be honest, I haven't really mastered. I love reading. Um, reading's probably my thing where um, I used to do it a lot as a kid and um, only recently I realised how often I was on flights and I would sit there on my phone just scrolling social media, which does nothing for your mental health, yeah. whereas... Um, it might be great for a little bit and touch base with everyone. Whereas um, I, if I was taking a book with me, the flight that was three hours, I would be like, God damn, can you just not land yet? Because I yeah. need to get through this bit. Yeah. Like, just give I me one minute. My chapter. Like, can you, holding pattern, hold for me. Yeah. Um, so I think that that was a good indication that it was something that I really enjoy and is good for me. I think getting up early and going for a walk makes me a better person. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel a lot more I feel more balanced and I feel um, a lot happier if I've done that. Um, And I think as I get older, I'm realising that the physical exercise part of things is so much, um, is just as much for your mental health as it is for your physical health. If not more. Um, Oh, honestly. um, So that's something that I'm trying to prioritise particularly now because that means that you get a bit of sunshine and everything. And I love, you know, whether it'll stay this way, but I think with isolation we're seeing people that are going for walks and prioritising exercise that might Mm. not have done so for a long time, but all of a sudden they're seeing that as a priority in their life and maybe that is something that if we're looking for a positive in this shit show, that that could be the case. Um, Absolutely. Like, I, the, the meme community has stepped up so much and I feel like oh, one God. of the ones that I loved was that it's like Earth has sent us to our rooms to think about what we've done <laughs> and there's not a single person that, I have, that I've spoken to who wasn't in their version of your boat and the boat that I was in as well of just like everything since kind of mid last year has just been like this giant snowball and like all good things. But like if we hadn't stopped, what would have happened? I think all of us would have just crashed and like exploded and burnt out because we're all just going faster every year. Every year it gets faster. And finally we've been given this forced and yes, tragic, but forced excuse to remember who we are when we're still and how nice it feels to not be anxious. (laughs) Like that low level chronic anxiety that we have all the time. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, so again, like my two best girlfriends are in Perth and I had never had a Zoom before this. I had never done a house party. (laughs) I don't think anyone had house party before this. Hell, I can't remember the actual last house party I went to. But 
now all of a sudden we're setting up Zoom dates and the three of us are sitting there and kind of talking about what our week has been like and different things. And I was like, so it took a pandemic for us to figure <laughs> out that we could use our phones and have a virtual hangout together. Like how ridiculous. And yet I always get off those phone calls and feel so much better for it. Um, so maybe that's, um, and I love when you're speaking about the meme world, it's like, I hope we've all discovered how many meetings could have just been emails. <laughs> I know. Everyone. Every single one. Oh. Uh, says me that doesn't work in an office, but I'm like, lol, for everyone else. Um, <laughs> yeah. But maybe that'll mean that, you know, people get more of a, a home life balance and they can work from home a little bit if they mm. um, find that productive or different things. I think that um, there have to be positives that come out of it. But in terms of your question, which I am deviating from in every question <laughs> yeah, you've asked. Like, um, I, I need to think of a hobby quickly right now yeah, on the spot. I was like, I, I, no, but I actually laughed at the girlfriend being like outside of, you know, non-essential businesses. I'm pretty much fucked for hobbies. I don't have, oh. like, I, I like going to the pub. I like going to the pub on Saturdays and watching racing. I like, that's when I've got Saturdays off. I like going to my same brunch spot every morning and getting my oh, soy latte same. and my smash abo and reading the paper. Oh, my God, I miss reading the paper so badly. I can still oh. do it. but I, I know. I'm like, baby, you can still read the paper in ISO. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> it's this wild concept and they deliver it to your door. Like, yeah. like you should get onto that. <laughs> you know when you've just got your ritual? Like it's, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I miss those little rituals. But it, um, reading, exercising, making sure that I actually call my girlfriends and mm. if, you don't have anything on, just try to sit in that silence and be okay with it. Yeah. Which I'm getting there. I'm not yeah. good at it, but I'm getting there. <laughs> well, it's not comfortable and that's the point, I think, is we've all got years and yeah. years of that like l- like chronic low-level stress to un- like come down from It's like a drug. You've just got to come down. And what it, what it are your things? You. What do you do? Yeah, so I have only – I was like you, had – absolutely no idea until I had adrenal fatigue, completely burnt out and had my yep. my own version of being forced to stay at home and figure out what to do with myself and what I enjoyed. I was like, joy? Like pleasure? <laughs> what? what? <laughs> Wait, so you had isolated isolation? Yeah. It was only <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was literally just me. My poor husband is like, yeah, that really um, put some pressure on our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, I had to figure out literally what my hobbies were by writing down when I noticed I was having a good time or or felt really good and then going back over a couple of months and circling the activities that came up the most. Like how ridiculous. Yeah, I, right. I didn't even – I had to do a research project observation on myself. <laughs> but reading – And what were they? Reading yeah. was a really big one. Like fiction, I couldn't read like anything nonfiction because I'd start to think like, oh, I've got to write down that lesson and apply it in my life and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So <laughs> – Crime person for reading this. Yeah. Anything crime, anything like true crime or crime fiction, like podcast, Netflix, and uh physical books. I love physical books. Um yeah, me too. gardening. Oh, who, look how I'm, I'm so shit. Like I kill everything. But the tactile <laughs> nature of like being outside and you you're wearing gloves and you've got dirt all over you, so you can't use your devices. Yep. Puzzles, I found. Oh, yeah. Because you can't like you can't be good at it. Like you, you, you don't get better. You just do the puzzle and then it's so unproductive that you actually destroy the productive res- outcome. So there's no like, you know, outcome of like achieving or getting better. You know how, color- the- you know how colouring in books with that big trend for like stress yeah. relief? I found myself Googling the book trying to find examples of colour schemes <laughs> others had used that looked good. And I was like, See, okay, we're the same. <laughs> what is wrong with you? This is actually meant to be like a 
I enjoyed this. Use whatever colour, be relief. And I'm like, oh, my God, so if I start that being blue and it looks shit, then I've ruined the whole I'm thing. Fucked. So I fucked it. I just, I, I can't do this. Yeah. Can't because if I, if I finish it and I don't like it, I was like, okay, so this universally accepted calming thing, you've turned into it's a competition. Stressful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I have to only do things that I can't like achieve at. Yes. So recently my favourite play TA, I call them play TAs because now I'm like, yes. they're a thing, I have to have them, was Ange, one of our best friends, Nick and I have been going to gymnastics but like kid gymnastics. So good. Like tumbling into like pits of foam and like we're so terrible. Like I can't even explain how terrible we are but the guy is amazing. He's like a pro gymnast. He just lets us like flip and like you know it's like six-year-olds running around bouncing off the walls and like it's the best release. We were doing it on Friday nights to like finish off the week and we suck but it's the best. <laughs> Anything that you do that's just for your joy and you don't care about getting yep. better at it or winning at it, I'm like, that's that's what where it's at. And also the retriever. I mean, yeah, I mean, our funnest thing lately has been the isolation challenge of um, recreating all the like. Oh my god, I saw the notebook. photos. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> We're clearly being really productive over here. Yeah, you know? so busy, so busy, just bettering ourselves every day. I know. What about you and Ben? How's married life been? Your wedding yeah, well, was beautiful. Oh, thank you. We're two palace brides, aren't we? I remember you because you're- are like, We sure are. Yeah, you were a few months before me and I remember being like, oh, God, I like her dress. Why didn't I get that? <laughs> <laughs> I was like that. I was like, mine doesn't have pockets. Abby's had pockets. Yeah, pockets are a non-negotiable for me. I, I bloody loved it. I loved it. And I saw um, Jared like two weeks after you. Oh, wedding. I love him. He's the most beautiful man. So he flew back from like he was in Africa and then had to like the amazing trip that he took back to be there for us is just crazy. He's oh. the most wonderful man, Jared, saying, I love you, Jared. Um, <laughs> Shout out, Jared. So <laughs> yeah, love you, Jared. He he's had the most amazing life, that kid. Oh. So, so we um, we were married late November, um, and then I was back at work on the Monday. And I think, you know, as you said, you know, just taking note of when things are probably going 100 miles an hour and they don't need to. Mm. Granted, at the time, like with house rules, it's a production of you know 70 odd people, and you have to be there, and it's your job. And you know, when we picked the wedding date, we obviously didn't know that house rules was going to be happening. Um, so that was a bit tough because you kind of go from this massive high to all of a sudden being, you know, away and back at work. But we were actually going to book our honeymoon for this sort of period, which thankfully we hadn't. Did you guys get a honeymoon in? No, ours is the same. We were meant to be, yeah, yeah around now. And so I, I was actually, one of my questions was, so I know you guys are waiting for your honeymoon. Samesies, like we just yes. haven't gone, don't, haven't had one yet. <laughs> well, then, well, then, you know, I um, thankfully got the job in AFL, which means that I won't get more than six days off until September. And then with September, cricket's already started again. So it's kind of oh, yeah. um, a bit of a sucker for punishment like that. But then... I really love my job. I love the opportunity and I think you just have to sort of take it while you can. Mm. But then doesn't your heart break for all the brides that must have had been planning their wedding during this? Oh, my God. Oh, you, the poor buggers. One of our really good they're... friends, that was, so our honeymoon was tacked on to their wedding in Europe. And oh. and it's, I know how much harder it is for them because they don't feel like they can complain because it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's the biggest day of your life, but it's also like you guys are healthy, of course, you know, it's, oh, I just feel, yeah. I feel for them so you'll, much. You'll eventually, you'll eventually get your wedding day and you're like, ha, 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 ha. can we open that wine now? What yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I mean, we've bought all the wine from the wedding. We'll just have to make our way through it. But even the fact, like the shifting post initially, like I think the fact that the government was yeah. like, okay, no gatherings over a hundred, like I know of people 
that culls their list. So they had 140 on their guest list. The government have said you can have a gathering of 100 people and they've taken off what the service staff would be and had to like politely say to people, look, we've had to limit it because of the risk. And then, you know, the next oh. week the government comes out and goes, none at all. So you've had to tell like half your guests. 40 list, people. Like, stars, you didn't make sorry, the cut. Guys, yeah, this is now Australia's Got Talent. Unfortunately, you aren't in our top 100 friends. Thank you for auditioning. We'll see you later. And, like, oh and obviously everyone would understand because it's like, you know, if, if it was anyone external to family, you'd be like, that's completely fine. But it's already such a full-on and stressful time. I know. It's an exciting time, but it's stressful that you just think, you know, any any brides we're thinking of you because it's oh, and also it's grooms lol. It's like it's only yeah, the brides' day. No, it is absolutely <laughs> only the brides' day. Did Ben like? Also, how have you found changing your name? How's Gel Me to Way been? Oh, um, to be honest, like it was something that I was always like, yeah, Abby Way, done. Like happy to. And it's only now that like I probably feel a bit strange about it now, only because I, I I don't know, not feeling connected to your family in that way. Like I have no regrets, but it's probably just a bit of a pain in the ass that like yeah license has a different number to your passport and like it's logistically really hard to change your name oh i still um, haven't done it either but i've got a list for you someone sent me like a step program oh yeah because i was and like we have no excuse now we're not going to need our passport for a while <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you're also you have nothing else to do if you're doing puzzles and you're coloring in you can probably sort it out nick keeps looking at me um, he's like you actually have nothing else to do <laughs> you're like i am gardening right now i cannot fill out the forms i am yeah <laughs> Uh, so uh second last question yeah what are three interesting things about you that don't normally come up in conversation oh god Oof. um like uh, allergies tattoos okay. pet peeves Righto. or uh, what what do you what do you think ben would say like that he knows about you that other people don't <laughs> like snoring or like you know sleep talking during during iso it's been a real journey um i'm allergic <laughs> to shellfish oh i'm allergic to shellfish oh, um, which hard. people always go oh you're missing out on one of the great joys and i'm like no i don't really um what was something the other day i, I don't write in blue pen that is a really interesting one. I, I can't deal with blue pen. I've always just been a black pen person, which is really odd. No, like, I love again, it. Love it. You're getting a real indication of my tendencies here. Um, Can you see else? that I identify with them? I'm like, oh, my God, we're, we're, we're the same. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and just I'm a big nerd. Like if you give me something to do, I will go away and try to do it as well as I can. And I'm yeah. very competitive. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's about it. Oh, I have one for your third one, which I forgot to ask before. For everyone's yeah. like, just to satisfy our like mass curiosity in the world of broadcasting and particularly things like the Brownlow, what are some of the like gritty things behind the scenes that you would never expect that are so unglamorous compared to what it ends up looking like to the outside world? In the first Brownlow dress that I wore had, and I was on air with it, had a safety pin in the back of it like this big because it was too big. So they the sparkly just had, one? And the sparkly one. So yeah. they just shoved a safety pin in it being like, that'll do, hold it together. <laughs> so I, like, I couldn't actually turn the whole way. Oh, my God, and no twirling. Like, oh, no, no twirling. Um, what else? It's, oh, you know what, like something like Brownlow is just really fun, but there's there's nothing that's, yeah, or even things like, um. I guess with house rules, like the first few shoots that we did that were at the penthouse, they won't start shooting until the sun's gone down because they need the same level of light across oh. all the production. So, so you won't start shooting until like 8.30. So the final, you know, decisions that were being made and like, you know, announcements, it was well past midnight and oh. they'd all been working that day. And like they were such troopers, like all of the contestants were awesome. But I remember thinking like, 
what have I got? If this is what it's like every production, like I've never done a shoot that finished at 2am and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is full on. But it was uh, it, like they ran out sugar to all of us and like we all had lollies and things to keep us perked up. But stuff like that where you look back and you're like, yeah, that could be any time, but it was definitely 2am. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> I remember that one. So just things like that. But, you know, as a whole, it's pretty much what you see is what you get, which is nice, um, particularly with live because it's just, that's just what it is. But more often than not, it's the fact that like, you've got hair extensions, you've got eyelashes on, you've got a fake tan. Like it's, it's all like, I took all of mine out and I was like, oh, no, I've still got hair. Good to know. Like, yeah, you know, wasn't sure. Wasn't sure wasn't, it was left wasn't over. Positive. Um, so <laughs> I like all that sort of stuff where I think that, you know, all of that glam goes into you looking casual on a boundary and yet you yeah. have an hour and a half makeup. So just, I think um, people knowing that it's not real is pretty important. <laughs> well, you look pretty glam right now, babe. You're absolutely oh, beautiful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and I actually love that, you know, I had always thought, I'm like, she has such a good voice for broadcasting. I love that that actually started from the beginning. People <laughs> noticed that. It wasn't like backwards. It wasn't like, oh, she happens to also have a good voice for broadcasting. <laughs> and I did absolutely nothing to deserve it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Very last question. What's your favourite quote? Uh, my favourite quote is um, Paulo Coelho. Have you read The Alchemist and all that? I think you'd love The Alchemist. Oh, my God. Yeah. So hold on one second. Oh, is it in there? We just got our wedding album Oh, back, my gosh. And one of our readings was from The Alchemist and they printed our vows oh. and oh. our readings. Isn't he amazing? Paul Coelho, The Alchemist. <laughs> oh, I like, I love oh that book. God. I've bought so many copies and like given it to other people. But my quote from him is, you are what you believe yourself to be, which I think is if you, if you get up there and you go, I'm not ready for this. I shouldn't be here. I don't, I don't know why I'm like, you know, all those sort of negative thoughts, then that is how you will hold yourself and that's how it will manifest. Whereas if you are able to kind of get out there and be like, you know what, I've done my homework. I deserve to be here. There's a reason why they gave me this job let's have a crack. I enjoy what I do. That that's if you can focus on the positive, that's mm. kind of what manifests. And I'm not, I'm not really someone that tries to be that spiritual about things, but I always find that with his stuff, um, particularly the alchemist and different things where you read that book and you feel like you need to just start it again immediately. Yeah. Like, and just go back with a really aggressive pen and just underline everything. <laughs> But which I have only. Yeah, obviously, obviously only black. What's psychopath <laughs> with highlighted in blue? <laughs> um, yeah, but that's that's something that I always try to work on and remind myself of. Oh, that's beautiful. What a beautiful way to end. Thank you so much, Abby. You are such a legend. Congratulations on everything that has just been so amazing. On pause for now, but I'm sure uh, when the Olympics come back next year, I'm so excited for you. Like just everything going on. Everyone watch House Rules. It's on right now. It's amazing, it's so fun. amazing season. <laughs> just, I, I'm this is something I do for fun because that has flown and it was a good hour and a half. So. <laughs> I know. So much fun. Oh my God. I know. I was like, Shit, this is <laughs> They're meant to be an hour, but I always just get so carried away because I'm having such a good time. <laughs> so good. Oh, thank you so much, lovely. You're an absolute legend. 
Gemma Watts, if you're listening, I think Abby has a new online best friend. I absolutely love this chat and hope you did too. It truly gives me tingles to share these stories and the wonderful humans behind them. Please do shower Abby with love if you listened along and enjoyed our chat and share your screenshot tagging at Abby underscore way and the podcast so we can hear what you think and reshare, of course. The full video will be coming soon too. I'm having such a blast on Zoom and there's a few other exciting things in the work so make sure you've joined the facebook page for updates link is in the episode description hope you have a wonderful day and a seizing your yay